Hi friends, I'm Molly, your host today, and thanks for joining our Relief from Darkness podcast, where we're continuing our conversation with people who have walked out of various hard places in their lives and straight into freedom with Christ. So today we will be hearing from Katie and her walk out of substance abuse. Katie is a full-time missionary with No Boundaries International. She's a devote follower of Christ and a mom of three. Katie really enjoys cooking and uses her skills to help with No Boundaries, various outreaches and trainings. Hi friends, I'm Molly and we're here today with our Relief from Darkness team where we're continuing our conversation exploring how we can truly be set free from the stuck places in our lives. And we are talking anything ranging from anxiety to depression to eating disorders and really just everything in between. Because here at No Boundaries, we really do believe that the thought processes that have us in these stuck places can be healed. And is it they heal, our brains heal. And if you change your brain, then you change your life. Woohoo! So for this session, we're going to be hearing from Katie and her experience with substance abuse. And it'll really go a little bit deeper in that of like what the reasons were behind it or for her in particular, just the emotional toll that um, she was experiencing that led her to it. So we're super excited. And then we'll have our very own brain geek, Dr. Lori Basie. Hi, guys. And she will help us understand some of the basic neuroscience that goes behind substance abuse and what it looks like to walk out of that. So with that, the definition of substance abuse is the excessive use of a substance like drugs or alcohol in a way that is damaging to yourself or society or to both. So this includes both physical and psychological dependence, which can lead to addiction. So physical dependence is caused by a prolonged use, um, which alters the physiological functioning and leads to withdrawal symptoms if the drug is discontinued. And then psychological dependence refers to the necessity to keep taking a drug even in the absence of physical dependence. So with that, Katie. Can you just go ahead and tell us your story and struggle with substance abuse? Sure. Um, it started when I was very young. Um, I grew up in a home where we went to church, but my parents also used drugs and alcohol. And so where I had a head knowledge of Christ, I never saw it walked out. Um, it was a very violent home, a lot of emotional abuse mm-hmm. and... Um, Never being allowed to feel emotions, always being told you need to lock it up, you need to stop. You were never allowed to have any emotion. So go into your teenage years and feeling very confused and angry and hurt. And I went to the first thing that I saw my parents use to deal with emotions, which is alcohol and drugs, meth in particular. Yeah. By 15, I was on meth regularly. And by 17, I was cooking it, um, got pregnant with my son at 18 and changed my life temporarily. Right. I could always stop whenever I was pregnant or nursing. But after that, it always, it picked back up because I never dealt with the underlying cause. Yeah. Um, so as anyone that's known anything about drug use goes, you can maintain it for a certain period, but eventually it catches up with you. And so when I was about 30 years old, um, I'd been fighting a, a real internal fight of still ha- handling my responsibilities, but still being completely 
lost. Right. Um, I come on the worst time in my life. Um, something bad happened to my child, and and I just cried out for Jesus. I yeah. was completely broken. Um, wanted to die, and I got in my Bible because if I just thought, if this is real, Lord, if you're real, what is this all for? Yeah, and. And I was there probably for about a week um, when Jesus showed up in my bathroom um, and to let me feel his love. And it changed everything. It changed how I thought about myself because I knew I was valuable to him. He told me this is only temporary. The hurt and pain that I was watching my child go through. And he gave me a life verse. Um which I've clung to because I haven't, I didn't immediately stop using drugs. I clung to the verse, um, which is Isaiah 59 verse 21. As for me, this is my covenant with them, says the Lord. My spirit that I put on you and my words that I put in your mouth will not depart from your mouth or the mouth of your children or your children's offspring from this time forth and forevermore. Hmm. And knowing that my kids had him too, that was a promise that, it made it made me able to deal with the process of walking this out. Yeah. So, um, like back before in like the using and stuff, like did you have any form of relationship with Jesus at that time? Only get me out of jail, Jesus, as Lori refers to him. <laughs> That's so, all I had. Um, and he had got me out of jail. I right. mean, <laughs> he really did show up in those times, but I had head knowledge and then Shame and regret because I felt like I was outside of his love. Right. You know, when you don't have that relationship and you don't know that he loves you, the devil really likes to play that card on you. And so, like, whenever I try to quit using drugs, because I did want to do the right thing. I did have a love for my children and a love, you know, um, I would just be hit with overwhelming emotions, regret, shame, condemnation. And it made it impossible. I didn't have any skills I had no coping mechanism to step out of that. Yeah. And I think a lot of times, um, like no one, like no one wakes up one day and thinks like, I think I'll be addicted to a substance. Like that's never like the thought that comes in. It's always that there's some underlying issues or things that haven't been dealt with. So with that, Dr. Lori, can you give us the CPR or the brain dump? on substance abuse and like a little bit of what's going on through Katie's brain physiologically when she's in addiction. I think there's really a lot that we can we can learn from with what Katie described. And the first with CPR is connection. And so she didn't have a connection with God. She's connected in an environment where it's not safe to feel that you have to stuff emotions And then with herself, when she starts to try to evaluate herself, there's all of the things that she described, like shame and guilt and condemnation. And in the middle of all of that, then we just do what we we need to do. And that's try to make ourselves feel better. I mean, that's the the norm and the natural thing. Survive. Yes. And so with that, then we end up addicted. And so I know you said you started using drugs when you were really young. What age? Well, alcohol, cigarettes at cigarettes at 10, alcohol by 11, and then meth full-time by 15. Wow. 
And so I know with then as we move from connection and the CPR to psychoeducation, that when our brain is developing, especially when we are first born, the several first seven years of life are totally dependent upon caretakers. There's lots of stuff going on in our brain. We're forming new neural connections. And then the second largest time for our brain to be shaped is in adolescence. They We kind of make a joke in the mental health field and say that teenagers lose half their mind, but it's not really half. It's about 40%. And literally. <laughs> and literally that they're neurons that what wires together uh, is fired together. And then you reinforce things during that, those formative years of adolescence and the things that you don't use and just kind of fall off by the wayside. And so if we think about what was going on in her mind when she starts using alcohol and particularly meth, it's highly addictive with the dopamine rush and kind of the ups and the downs that during adolescence, during the formative years where she's uh, needs to be connecting with others, learning to deal with bigger emotions and, and world emotions with the hard things that happen in life, then she's using substances to kind of squelch all of those things. And so developmentally, a lot of times that's where we start or stop developing is where we start using drugs. And that's kind of the developmental milestones that we have emotionally and socially and cognitively. And if we do drugs during that time, then it's highly addictive. And there's a really good chance that those drugs will take you into the rest of your life. And so the routine is don't feel, don't, uh, don't be in the hard stuff, do whatever you need to do to escape. And that sounds like exactly what had happened, except for Jesus. Right. There's always a, but Jesus. But Jesus. So Katie, so can you just share a little bit about like how Jesus has walked you into the feeling of emotions, right? Because you, obviously you can't just go from, you know, stuffing all these things down to just living like fully emotional or fully feeling. So like what, how has that walkout process been? It started with just me and Jesus. Um, I didn't have a support group at the time, but he was all I needed. I, When I knew he loved me, I, I loved him. And I look forward to every single day, like, who are you putting in my path today, Jesus? And how can I love you better? Um, yeah. But not quitting drugs, knowing in my heart that it became an idol. And so... I mean, the first year I was still doing meth, but I love Jesus. I was in my Bible probably mo more than most because yeah. I was up all night. I was in that Bible. <laughs> right. Um, and just getting to know him, who he was. But as he was telling me to let go of things and me not having the tools and then self-reliance and shame, he put it on my heart, you need to get in a community. You need to get in a community. And he did that for a while, but... When you're on drugs, it's hard to just be like, go to church and say, hi, I'm here. I'm on meth. You know, no yeah. one. It's a very awkward, <laughs> awkward <laughs> place to imagine. be. <laughs> and so that's why I'm so grateful for no boundaries, because it was it was hard from the time he told me to find a community. And then COVID happened and I just felt stuck like like I'd pushed it too long, like I'd gone too far. Um, so. Even though he was there with me, and he was, the relationship with him has made me be able to to even come and find a community. Right. However, I wasn't able to stop until I got into a community. Hmm. Wow, that sounds huge. Dr. Lori, can you emphasize like the importance of community, especially for someone that's walking out of something? It's really important that we have Jesus, but we also need people with skin on. 
Yeah. And so it's a beautiful description about what Katie talked about is that she had to get to the bottom of there's got to be something more. And so what's happening isn't working, that I'm desperate, something bad has happened. There's been a situation in my life I can't continue like I am. And so it's at that point that we should then run into the arms of Jesus. Most people think that they have to fix themselves or get it all together to even approach him so that then they're they're able to to go to the living Christ widow. It's actually him who's going to then convict her and help her and walk with her, not condemned, but then give her the strength that she needs to then do what she needs to do and for him to give her the strategy. And so it's critical that we have accountability, that we have support, that we have people that we can talk to, that we have unconditional love and we can share with what's going on. And it's really even more critical that we find the right place. I think that just with her, can you imagine walking up to her in church and her saying, hi, I'm Katie. Hi, I'm Lori. How are you? And I say, I'm fine. How are you? And she, well, I'm addicted to math. Right. So, a lot of times we, the body of Christ, don't know how to deal with that or handle that. And so, but we, but it's really important for us to have a safe place where we can be real. And, but yet, and that's what, when she came into this community, but yet she's pursuing Jesus. She's encountered Jesus. Yeah. And just because she hadn't gotten it all together, I love the, it's not really a joke, but we'll call it a joke. Molly, what do you get when a thief accepts Christ? What? A safe thief. Yeah. And so <laughs> then it's the Holy Spirit who walks the thief out of no longer the behaviors from the past, but then new behaviors. And we have more skills and we have those things, but it's it's done in community because when it's just me, myself, and I, everything is filtered through my old old thought system and my belief pattern and, and my habits, and I really just need community and accountability. Yeah. So then what happens, Katie, whenever you have, like, you've come to know Christ and you've been, now you're in a community. So, like, because I know Jesus to be someone who's not just about the behavior modification, right? Like it's not just to stop doing drugs, stop doing this, 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 and this, but he's after our hearts. So like, has he met you like emotionally and in that? He does time and time again. Yeah. Um, and I'm safe. To, I feel safe to go to him with my heart and with my emotions. And I don't feel condemned and judged. Right. And growing up in church, I feel like, is totally different than a relationship with Jesus because the Bible, if you're not careful, if you just read it from a it, no no relation to Jesus, you're just reading it. Sometimes you feel all the things that you're not. Right. When you ask Holy Spirit into your life and you can read it with Holy Spirit, it's a totally different thing. So, yeah. So, um, is there anything that you do to like maintain or like when the Thoughts come up whenever you're like, man, I really wish I just had an escape right now. Um, first thing I did was EMDR therapy. It truly helped all of the trauma that mm -hmm. I'd had just stored it internally. And that's another thing that's um, been the outcome of this. I was sick. I mean, yeah. I was sick on a daily basis, anxiety through the roof, you know, and EMDR therapy helped a lot. And also the journey of restoration. I did it at home by myself during COVID. I took notes. I had friends mm -hmm. come watch it with me because the points in it, it gives you practical steps of what to do when that happens, yeah. when you're feeling overwhelmed, when you're dysregulated. And I can't, without those tools, you know, I can tell myself all day, don't feel that or try not to do that, you know, but yeah. without a, an actual 
step and plan of what to do, you're really kind of at a loss. Yeah. So for those of you who aren't aware yet, we do have No Boundaries International has an e-course that is titled The Journey of Restoration, which you can find on our website at www.nbint.org, and it's under Restore. So Dr. Lori, is there any um, like maintain topics or like routine, other routine things that you would add? I think it's really good, as Katie talked about, that she can get in touch with her emotions. And as she gets in touch with her emotions, the goal isn't that the emotions go away. And so if we've been traumatized from the past, what EMDR does is it it helps access traumatic emotions without causing those intense feelings or dysregulation. And so it's been really a proven, effective therapeutic technique that's been really helpful for a lot of people that have come out of trauma. And and so not to say one way or another, ultimately, we're all going to have to learn that when we start to feel and with Katie not having gone through those feelings and grown cognitively with her feelings as an adolescent, then she's got really big feelings. That's what adolescence is known for. We have really big feelings our foot is on the accelerator and not necessarily the gas. We're impulsive. We do all kinds of things. Feelings feel really big. All of these chemicals are on board in in our body, and we're just not really sure how to deal with that. And so then now as she finds herself in the adult world, and there's some really serious things that happen and have happened, and now here comes this rush of feelings. Now she knows Jesus, and now she's saying, I want Jesus to be the one who can help me deal with these things instead of looking to substances. And so in essence, I have a real relationship with the son of God who became the son of man. The same power that raised him from the dead lives inside of me. And he's got to be greater than my substance abuse and my addiction and how I'm feeling. And then naturally what we would want is to alleviate the pain. We'd want the feelings to go away. But that's not really realistic. What happens is it's almost like a smoke alarm has gone off in our brain that I'm feeling all of these things. I need to get immediate relief and do whatever I can to be relieved, whether that's meth or alcohol or escape or whatever that routine is. But instead of her turning to that, then saying, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, she turns and she gazes upon Jesus and she learns about him. And she focuses on him. And as she abides in him, then the fruit of the spirit, faithfulness and gentleness and goodness and kindness and joy and love and peace and patience and self-control develops. And then she can realize that she can with him and in him then go through those feelings instead of just wanting to escape and those feelings to go away. So it's really a beautiful, for the most part, process. And so she was in that for years And the walkout is then not if she says one and done or if she it takes a week or two weeks or a month. She did it with him and he let her in the process. And it's actually just beautiful. And that's it. Like, I mean, he created feelings. Yes. He made us to experience and to have these emotions. Mm -hmm. He's just created them to be subject to him and with him. Mm -hmm. And I think it just gets so out of context and that's when we start feeling when it's just out of control that like gut wrenching now what so thank you dr Lori. um katie if you could give just one takeaway 
if there's someone who's listening right now who's it dealing with substance abuse um, as a coping mechanism to escape emotions or just the heaviness of life, what would you say to them? I would just say to seek him. He sees you for what he created you to be, not for the things that you've done in your past, that he has a good life and a purpose planned for you. He values you greatly. Um, and there is something else. It doesn't have to be a life of regret. Yeah. Dr. Lori, if you could give one takeaway for the listeners, what would that be? I love the saying, I believe in the impossible because I know the invisible. And so if we would have looked at the statistics and with Katie and she'd had trauma and she had bottled up emotions that she started using alcohol and by 15, she's using meth by 17, she's cooking meth. And then now, even in the middle of a crisis, the chances, statistically speaking, against all odds, would she ever overcome a meth addiction and be able to deal with her feelings and to be able to follow Christ and to advance the gospel of the kingdom? And that question, well, what if that's not true? Because she truly is doing that. And yeah. she's a member of our team. And we're so thankful to have a part her as a part of our community. And she's really doing it. And yeah. so greater is he in her than anything that's in the world or what she's done. And it's a beautiful process to walk with her and to see her in the middle of this journey. And that's what, I mean, Katie, it's, I mean, it's miraculous and it's beautiful. So what I'm hearing is if you are stuck and if your stuck place happens to be in substance abuse and you're feeling overwhelmed with just the weight of life. And that's just, I mean, it happens. It happens to all of us that if you can take those feelings and instead of doing whatever you can to not feel them, but press into them with Christ and take it to him and be really authentic before the Lord, that he'll meet you. And as he meets you in that and as he begins to minister to your heart and minister to your feelings, and as soon as you're aware of what to do with them after you've laid them before the cross, then things will start to change. And behavior will change as a result of that. And your brain will change as a result of that. And as you change your brain, then you change your life. And it's beautiful. And he wants to meet you. So thank you, Katie, for sharing your story. It is an honor to sit here at the table with you. Thank you, Dr. Lori, for your insight as usual. And until next time. Bye, guys. Bye. Thank you guys so much for listening to our Relief from Darkness podcast. If you would like more information or are looking for more resources to help overcome the topics we've discussed here, please visit the No Boundaries International website at www nbint.org where we have a free e-course titled Journey of Restoration and be sure to please leave us any comments or reviews as this will help get our content out to more listeners. We're praying for you guys and we will see you next time.